Welcome to the Brandon Bloom Podcast, the place to be to learn how to grow your business's visibility online organically. I'm your host, Liz Fleming. Let's dive right into this new episode. Hey, hey, Bloomers. Welcome back to the Brandon Bloom Podcast. I'm super stoked because we have a very special guest today. We have Julia Bacchese, and she is one of the speakers or was one of the speakers for the Made by Me Summit, and she has returned for the podcast. Julia, welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, this is so exciting. I know. um, So you're a Pinterest and SEO consultant. This is a huge topic. Like I was just saying to you before we started recording, my SEO episodes are some of the most played (laughs) and for good reason, because it's such an overlooked strategy. And um, I think these days, a lot of people are bogged down by social media, this and social media, that, but newsflash, there's SEO and there's Pinterest. (laughs) You and so many other experts have reminded us that Pinterest is not a social media platform. It's a search Mm -hmm. engine. So I'm so excited for this conversation, but before we dive in, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you help people? Yeah, so I'm an SEO and Pinterest consultant. Um, I'm based right outside of Philly. We actually just moved a couple weeks ago from Center City, Philly, so first time in the suburbs. Um, And I've had my business, uh, Julie Renee Consulting, for um, almost four years now. Actually, it'll be four years by the time this episode goes out, I think. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, Um, so I didn't start off focusing on SEO and Pinterest. Actually, I was kind of just freelancing, doing, you know, a myriad of things, social media, content writing, all of that. Um, And then I really fell in love with, you know, search engines and, you know, how you can, you know, kind of do different things to help websites rank higher on Google. Um, So I was writing a lot of content for small businesses and then realized that they they didn't know what, you know, optimization meant or how it could help their business. So that's when I started focusing um, primarily on SEO. And then I dropped, you know, social media, except for Pinterest, which technically isn't social media um, (laughs) because it is a search engine. So there's quite a bit of overlap between like, you know, strategies with Google. Google and with Pinterest. Um, so with Pinterest, I focus a lot on like the Pinterest SEO strategies, like with keyword research and making sure boards and profiles are optimized and things like that. Yeah. And I love that. I nerd out about that stuff. I've, <laughs> after the SEO episode I recorded with Meg Casebolt, um, I got this, I forget what it's called. I think it's called the art of SEO. It's a ginormous book. It's like (laughs) this and buying a book about SEO seems counterproductive, (laughs) but I was told time and time again by mentors and colleagues that that's the book to have. And let me tell you, it is so interesting. All Mm -hmm. of the things that you can do to optimize just a few pages on your website and how that can totally impact your exposure. So before we dive into some of that nitty gritty, why don't we just start right at the top? Because SEO is an intimidating term. I know you just said (laughs) people hear the word optimization and they're like, what? (laughs) Why don't you just, for those who may not know, enlighten us. What is SEO and what are you referencing when you, when you say that word optimization, what does that look like? Yeah. So SEO is basically the practice of like making sure that your website is able to be you know read and understood by Google. So they know what to rank you for. Um, so it stands for search engine optimization, but Google is kind of like the only search engine that matters, especially <laughs> in the U S <laughs> and they kind of set the rules. Um, so you kind of go by, you know, Google's rules and that's called, you know, SEO. Um, so that can include a lot of different things like, you know, website copy, your user experience, 
how your website um, is able to be navigated, um, your mobile website versus your desktop website, um, site speed, technical errors. So there are tons and tons of different moving pieces with SEO, which is why people get so overwhelmed by it. Um, and, you know, so with SEO, I also focus a lot on user experience because, you know, I want my clients not only to rank well in, in Google, um, but also to be able to convert more people to clients when they land on their website. So even if you're ranking really well in Google, if people aren't staying on your site long enough, if they're not very clear on, you know, what you do and who you serve, um, then you're not going to have very high conversion rates from Google. So I focus on, you know, both of those pieces. And you often see SEO and Pinterest together because they go hand in hand. Like you said, Pinterest is a search engine. So it's important, I imagine, that your, you know, your home base, your website is set up and optimized properly before you start pinning stuff, right? So mm -hmm. do you want to give us some tips in that regard in terms of kind of what we can look out for on Pinterest or even why Pinterest? I think a lot of people don't, aren't really aware of just its sheer power um, mm -hmm. in terms of that exposure. Yeah, so I actually have a blog post on how to convert visitors from Pinterest because that is like one of the number one questions <laughs> I get all the time about Pinterest because so the reason so many people love Pinterest is because it drives a ton of traffic and it's really, you know, sustainable traffic um, because a pin that you have from like a year ago can still bring you traffic. I see pins from 2012 still bringing my clients traffic. So it can last a really long time. So it's awesome for traffic, which is why a lot of people love it over like, you know, Facebook or Instagram or something like that. But the piece that a lot of people miss out on is, you know, how to use their website and all this traffic coming from Pinterest to actually convert, you know, clients or customers or things like that. So um, for like a product-based you know, business, that's a little easier because, you know, if you're pinning a product, you know, people see that product on Pinterest, they want to buy it, you know, they go to the website. Um, definitely have things like the pricing information and like, you know, any specific materials or size, you know, information in the product description. So that way, if someone sees an image of, you know, a purse and they think it's, you know, only like $15, but then they go to your website and it's like 500, then they're not going to, you know, buy it probably because it's not meeting their expectations. Um, so then they're going to leave your website pretty quickly. That is going to signal to Google that, you know, people might not be interested in your website, which can actually hurt your rankings. Mm -hmm. So it's all very cyclical. Um, <laughs> if you are like a service-based uh, business and then you have, you know, blog posts that you're putting on Pinterest, you need to think about how you can use those blog posts, you know, not even just for Pinterest, but even if you share them on, you know, Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever, um, how you can use those blog posts to convert people to clients. So things like making sure that you are blogging on topics that, you know, are really in line with your business. So, you know, as someone who does SEO and Pinterest, I'm not going to be publishing blog posts on Instagram tips because mm. if someone wants more information, you know, I'm not really going to be able to help them with that. So making sure that you're, you know, blogging or creating content on, you know, topics really in line with your business. And then also having calls to action um, throughout your blog post and at the end and having some kind of sales funnel set up. So whether that's getting people on your email list, um, you know, to kind of like warm them up and introduce them more to your business. If you have like a freebie, you know, that's a really good way. Um, or if you want to direct them, you know, to your product shop. So like I have a lot of digital products, um, you know, that can help people out if they're looking for next steps. 
And then, you know, you can also direct them to your services page or contact page, you know, something like that. But having some way to direct them um, so that the way they're not just reading your blog posts and then like leaving immediately, um, that's going to have, you know, higher conversion rates for all that traffic coming from Pinterest. Um, on actually an SEO project that I worked on a little while ago, um, there was a blog post that someone had and the average session duration was over eight minutes long. But then the bounce rate for that specific blog post was over 90%, which bounce rate means they just like basically leave that page immediately. They're not like, you know, going to other pages. So that is like, you know, really valuable traffic that they're missing out on, you know, like converting those people to clients um, because they didn't have any sort of call to action or even like any related blog posts at the bottom to like get people to continue reading more of their content. So having some direction at the, you know, end of your blog post or end of the content, whatever it is, um, that can really help drive more conversions. That's the number one reason why I have, um, I have this one pin that has, it's like an awesome blog post about how to start a podcast. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, at least 3000 words, it's step-by-step. Step, and then it comes, I just whipped up like a one page printable checklist. And that's at the end with an opt-in. And mm -hmm. that continues to get me leads from Pinterest every single day. And I posted mm -hmm. it like a year ago. So I've, firsthand witness to this power of Pinterest situation. And it's really something else, but I know there are probably listeners out there who feel like Pinterest isn't the place for them, but mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I truly feel like Pinterest is the place for every entrepreneur right now. Like mm -hmm. there is so many niches. There are so many niches that you can jump into and there is a place for you. So do you want to talk a bit about like what types of businesses should really be on Pinterest? I know I just kind of said everyone should be, that's kind of my opinion, but um, I don't know if you're thinking differently. Yeah. So I actually have a blog post going into detail <laughs> answering this. <laughs> so you guys just need to go to my blog and I answer a lot of stuff about Pinterest and SEO there. Um, but kind of the businesses that shouldn't be on Pinterest um, overall are more like local businesses that only serve local clientele. So like mm -hmm. dry cleaners or landscaping company, you know, something like that. Um, and if you don't have a lot of like content or something, you know, that is really going to be able to help you on Pinterest. Um, but to see if like your business is going to perform well on Pinterest, um, the first thing to do is just go to Pinterest just to kind of like, you know, see if there's similar content, if there's similar businesses there. Um, someone once asked me their client like creates luxury yachts and they're like, is there even, you know, people looking for luxury yachts on Pinterest? And I was like, I don't think so. And then I went to Pinterest <laughs> and there are so many like searches for luxury yachts yachts so much content about luxury yachts and these are like million dollar yachts like these are crazy yachts um so that is a very surprising market that is doing really well on pinterest um one of my top performing clients right now is actually a um an olympic swim training business um so that's doing super well on pinterest so there are a lot of very surprising you know markets on pinterest that perform really well um, and that might not have a lot of competition. So even if you think that, you know, no one is really interested in your content or there's no one else, you know, searching for these things on Pinterest, uh, you might be surprised if you just go and do a little research for that. Totally. I, I advocate for that. Um, for all of my clients inside of the Bloom crew, we did a big Pinterest training recently. And that was one of the first things I said, they're like, what do I pin? And I'm like, 
there are amazing tools embedded within the Pinterest platform that will literally tell you what people are searching for. Like mm -hmm. every year they release a trends report and then you can do just like on Google, the autocomplete type something, type a keyword into the mm -hmm. search key in Pinterest and it'll literally populate like what's popular and there's so much value in even the analytics of Pinterest. If you don't have a lot of followers, it will, it's just so detailed. So mm -hmm. if you're struggling, I, I totally see the value in that. And even if you're not, it's just a great place. It's just good to know, um, yeah. know what people are searching for. So you can create that content for them. And um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. There's, it's an amazing tool. Um, so I guess if I'm thinking in the mind of a maker, whether they're a digital maker, like someone who's maybe like a personal trainer or a service provider who has online courses and programs versus mm -hmm. a physical product maker um, with an online shop or something, what would their pinning strategy sort of look like? I imagine for someone who's a service provider like me, it's more blog heavy and training heavy right and then for mm -hmm. for product makers it's probably more pinning your actual products from your shop is that kind of what we should be doing or do you have other suggestions <laughs> <laughs> for someone just starting out like what if they were just sitting down looking at their pinterest profile and it was set up it was optimized it was ready to go and they thought to themselves what the heck do i pin like what would be that first step yeah, so for someone who's like a service-based business, um, you know, blog content is definitely performs really well on Pinterest. Um, but even if you don't have like a lot of blog posts, if you have like YouTube videos, if you have um, freebies to sign up for your email list, um, digital products, um, you know, things like that, you can pin everything. Like it doesn't just have to be blog posts, but those do definitely perform really well. Um, for like physical products, um, I actually think you probably have a little bit more flexibility and probably more fun with Pinterest um, because you can connect your shop if you're on Shopify. So that way all of your products are automatically uploaded. Um, I definitely recommend still having like a pinning strategy and like, you know, being active on Pinterest. Don't just like upload your products and leave it. Um, but that, you know, definitely helps get some more traffic. Also creating video pins to show like how your product is being used and like different angles of your product. Um, that can definitely perform really well. And then um, Pinterest has, they literally just changed the name of it. It's no longer story pins. They are now idea pins. Oh God. <laughs> but it's, I know. <laughs> Come on guys. They have made so many changes this year. It's hard to keep up with. <sighs> um, but idea pins, I need to start like practicing saying that because this just happened. Um, they are basically similar to Instagram stories. So that's where Pinterest kind of got the idea. Um, but it's a pin that you can have like videos, um, photos, things like that up to like, you know, 20, you know, things long, like either 20 videos or 20 um, pic pictures, something like that. So you can use the idea pins um, to kind of show like behind the scenes, like if you hand make your products, you know, showing like, you know, how you make them, what kind of materials go into making them, that kind of thing. Um, so you can have some, you know, more fun with like the idea pins. For service-based businesses, um, I actually do do idea pins for someone who, she's a freelance writer. So she will kind of like record Instagram stories about, you know, like a freelance tip or like a question that she gets asked. 
and you know we'll repurpose those into idea pins. So you don't have to create brand new content. You can definitely just repurpose what you're you know doing on Instagram if you want. Um, so those are performing well. So kind of like going behind the scenes or like you know deep diving into a topic that can really you know serve you well for idea pins if you're a service-based business. I will say for um, like video pins, typically people watching video pins don't watch it with volume on. So that's why they can be kind of better for like product-based businesses than like service-based businesses um, because people, you know, might not like unmute it to hear what you're saying, but you have, if you have something physical to show that can definitely perform really well for video pins. That's a really good point too, especially if people aren't closed captioning all their videos and mm -hmm. being mindful of that. Um, yeah, those are great tips. I'm excited to hear that because you can truly take Pinterest and make it your own, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's no like, I mean, there is a right way to do it, but <laughs> like when you're just starting out, you don't have to do all of the things, like just start mm -hmm. experimenting and you know, pin to your profile and then just see what you're comfortable with in terms of those idea pins and pinning video, pinning videos. Like I've pinned some of my TikTok videos and it has been mind blowing how many views those get like, mm -hmm. and they're all, they're all closed captioned for that, that same reason that you mentioned. And I think that has really helped elevate that exposure, but it's kept my views on my profile so consistent. Um, so kind of on that same wavelength, consistent exposure with Pinterest. Pinterest, I feel like is the visual version of Twitter. So mm -hmm. it moves really fast, like people, it's always like quantity, quantity, quantity. Of course, quality is still important if you're looking at, you know, your pin graphics and stuff, but you have to really get in a groove where you're pinning consistently or it's not going to serve you. So mm -hmm. do you want to talk about the magic tool that helps us do all of that because I, I love it and I use it and I want you to tell us all about it. <laughs> yeah. So Tailwind is the yeah. magical tool. Um, so it helps you schedule everything out on Pinterest. Um, I don't think you can schedule out like idea pins right now, but I mean, idea pins are fairly new. So that might be a new feature coming with Tailwind soon. Not too sure yet. Um, but you do need to be actively pinning something on Pinterest every day, even if that's just like one pin a day, um, to kind of like, you know, build up, um, that like trust with Pinterest and like show that you're an active user. So if you do not want to be manually pinning every day, because that is way too much work, um, <laughs> definitely use Tailwind. So you can just schedule out everything. Um, I usually schedule out like a month you know, maybe six weeks at a time. So I'll just, you know, spend like an hour or two creating pins um, and getting them scheduled out on Tailwind. And then I don't have to like pin anything else <laughs> unless I want to yes. um, in that like month or six weeks that I have scheduled out. So definitely a big time saver. Yeah. Tailwind is awesome. The thing that saved my butt there are the smart loops, which mm -hmm. just like recycles old pins. So if I have a couple of months where I haven't published a new podcast episode or a new blog post, it's still going. And I, I have that a couple blog posts in there and like, that's how I'm still getting leads. It's so such a fantastic tool. It's like what 20 mm -hmm. bucks a month. It's so <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, um, I love their community feature where you can like see other people's pins and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something I wanted to ask you too. I've had a lot of questions from my clients about finding the right Pinterest groups because mm -hmm. those can be really powerful, but finding the right ones 
it's tricky that some are so saturated some are like pretty strict and cutthroat like there's all these mm -hmm. rules and there's application forms and processes so i'm curious if you have any insights in that regard for someone who may have pinterest running and be looking for that you know to take it to the next level yeah um i will say i have not found good talent communities for like product businesses um, I see, so like, for example, um, one of my product-based clients that I'm working with right now, um, create food products. Um, so there are tons and tons of like food related, uh, communities. Um, but all of them have the rule where it has to be like a vertical image. That's a graphic that links to a recipe or something. It's not, um. you can't just like add a product image in there. Um, so I will say for like product pins that can be trickier um, so just be aware of that <laughs> you can always create your own you know tail and community so like if you are you know friends with some people who like create similar products or like create products for similar people or something like that you can definitely just create your own tail and community set your own rules and you know kind of do what you want um, for service-based businesses or like if you're publishing recipes or blog posts or you know, other content like that. Um, it is easier to find talent communities. Some of them have very strict rules, like you said. So definitely read the rules um, before you join. Um, typically it's um, for every pin that you add to the community, you need to repin someone else's pin. Mm -hmm. um, some, I, I would say probably maybe like 25% of the communities I see, even less maybe, um, you have to pin two people's pin for every pin that you add. So just kind of like check the rules to be aware of them so you don't break them and get kicked out because some of them are pretty cutthroat. Um, and then I would say, you know, join a few communities that are, you know, make sure they're active. Like if you're, when you're looking at communities, Tailwind will have the little, like, looks like a little bar graph yeah, <laughs> to I show you that. like how Thank active. You. Yeah. Um, so make sure they are pretty active. Um, and then also assess after like, you know, probably two to three months, um, maybe not after the first month, um, just to see how much of your content is being shared by different communities. Um, for one of my clients, I found, you know, she's pretty new to Pinterest, pretty new to Tailwind, and she was in three communities. One of them was absolutely killing it, sharing all of her content. And the other two were like maybe sharing, you know, two pins of hers a month. Um, so then, you know, I started looking for new communities that were more active, that would be, you know, better fits for her. So kind of like, you know, make sure you're joining communities, but also make sure you're assessing after a couple months, just to see how, how active they are, how much of your content that they're pinning to make sure that it's, you know, really worth your time. Yeah, those are great tips. Thank you so much for sharing that. There's so mm -hmm. much you can do with Tailwind and Pinterest alone. And mm -hmm. um, if there's any efforts that you're going to put towards growing your exposure from the ground up, it starts with SEO. And then I feel like that next step is naturally Pinterest, like that's mm -hmm. where the traffic is. So if you are constantly logging on to Instagram and you're constantly logging on to Facebook and you're tired of not seeing any likes or follows or whatever your thing is, then your people probably just aren't there, but they mm -hmm. are on Pinterest. There's the amount of users on that platform is mind boggling, especially yes. when you factor in you know, the fact that people have been home for the last year and a half, mostly. So they've been looking for mm -hmm. projects, projects, ideas, they're looking for information and they're all going to Pinterest. So yeah. it's really <laughs> interesting to see. Um, so before we, we go here, are there any 
kind of final words of wisdom that you want to share with my listeners about um, Pinterest or SEO? I know that's kind of, there's so much that we could cover, mm -hmm. um, but for the sake of people's sanity and clarity, mm -hmm. um, I just kind of want to cut it short. So uh, if they want to move forward, they can totally do that with you. But right now we covered kind of the high level stuff. So is there mm -hmm. any kind of final pieces of advice you want to share? Yeah. So for both of them, I would say, give it time. Um, you're not going to really see traffic from Google and Pinterest, like, you know, within the first few weeks of getting started. Um, I always recommend giving it at least three months to really, you know, uh, especially for Pinterest, give it at least three months to start seeing traffic and, you know, getting more engagement and more saves on your pins. Um, if you're seeing, if you've definitely been active on Pinterest, you know, every single day and, you know, trying different things and you're not seeing any traffic after the three months, then it might not be, you know, the platform for you, but don't just like, you know, put a, pit, a few pins on there. And then after a week, be like, no, I'm not getting any traffic. So then leave. <laughs> um, it definitely takes time to build yeah. up on both of those platforms. Yeah, that's, that's a great uh, piece of advice. Thank you for sharing that. And mm -hmm. you have a little something for my listeners too, right? You got a little freebie you're going to share with us? Yeah. Yeah. So if you kind of, you know, want to get um, started on Pinterest and you want just the instructions basically laid out for you. Um, I have a short Pinterest guide just helping you get started and kind of create your own strategy. Um, so you can, I'm sure the link will be in the show notes, but yeah. it's uh, Julia Renee Consulting slash Pinterest dash freebie. Perfect. Yeah. I'll put that in the show notes, you guys, and you can check out her website and all of her sounds like amazing blog posts that we need to read. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, go over there. <laughs> anytime I get asked a question, I pretty much turn it into a blog post. So there's lots That's of information the over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, my friend. And if people have questions, they can reach out to you on Instagram too, right? You're on Instagram. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Even though interest, Instagram is not my favorite platform, I am pretty yeah. active there. Yeah. So you can find me at Julia Renee Consulting. Cool. I'll put all of that here. Thank you so much, Julia. This was lovely. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. All right, bloomers. Now go out there and bloom boldly wherever you're planted so that you can stay rooted to what truly matters. And remember that you've got this and I've got you. Did that go by too fast? No worries. You can always find me over at elizabethfleming.com. That's E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H-F-L-E-M-I-N-G.com. For more information about my programs and how to take your learning further with me, there's also a free marketing checklist that you can get your hands on right now if you'd like. So head over to elizabethfleming.com for more. And if you loved this episode, I would love it if you left a review in return. It helps so much. So tell your friends about it. If you want to share it on social, the official show hashtag is Brandon Bloom Pod. And you can also tag me everywhere. I'm at Ms. Liz Fleming. That's M-S-L-I-Z-F-L-E-M-I-N-G. Everywhere on social media. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.